0: Righty Rooney, it's me, Shefinski, at your service. I would just like to reiterate uh, to anyone that I may have forgotten or to any newcomers here the name of the podcast, uh, it's called 86 Giving a Shit. Why is it called 86 Giving a Shit? Because I have no more shits left to give. So like I said, you know, if you find anything offensive, go fuck yourself. No, I'm kidding. If you do find something offensive, let me know. I'll take it down. I'm probably not going to know it's about you. But once I do take it down, you will know it's about you. And uh for instance, uh I know you guys listen to it. That's that's what I was gonna start with is uh I know people listen to the podcast because um people mention things to me from the podcast that I don't like say in real life, kinda of speak. So like I said Flame and Dan. So the one cat from um I call them I call them Frickin' Frack or Stretch and his friend. Um I don't like I said I don't wanna do names, so <laughs> so um one of the kids goes to me like, hey, hey what's up, Flaming Dan? And I was like, oh, shit. And it really is, it really warms my heart to, to hear that, that people listen to it. I don't really give a shit if nobody did. Like I said, it's for me, but I'm really, really glad that you do. And, um, you know, these are just my opinions from what I've learned in the restaurant industry. Hopefully somebody that's younger than me in this field, or just maybe doesn't know these things, could uh, learn from them, you know, because the best way to learn is from other people's mistakes. You don't have to make them. so, uh, I started, by the way, in the front of the house. I didn't wor- always work in the kitchen. I was a, uh, everything, I started as a busboy, then I was a server, assistant general manager, all this stuff. And then I fell in love with the kitchen once I set foot in it and realized that I could be myself and nobody would care because it would kind of like fit in. right? <laughs> so throughout the years of me working in this restaurant industry, I've learned a couple of things that are between the lines, so to speak, but not in the training manuals. Okay? So things are like, what makes you cool in the restaurant industry? Like, what's cool? You know, who can, who's, first of all, who's considering this? Obviously, the other employees. So as you're growing up the ranks, if you're a line cook, you know you have your place in the hierarchy, so to speak, of the chain of command. You know, if you're a manager, it's a little bit higher. If you're a busboy, it's a little bit lower. But everyone has got their own like cliques, and everyone's got their own cool, cool cats and dumbasses, right? So, <laughs> one of the things that makes anyone cool, right? And this is actually not so much anymore, I don't think. Or maybe I just don't miss it. Maybe I just miss it, like I don't, I don't notice it anymore. But when I was a server, how cool you were, or at least the, the door opener for how cool you are, was your knowledge of certain movie quotes. So, and I know it's weird, I know it sounds strange, but there's some restaurants that still operate like this. It depends on the crew. And if your knowledge of specific movie quotes was vast and you were good at it, then you were cool automatically. So what do I mean by that? I remember like I was training one time for one of the jobs that I had. I was training for a sous chef, but I was broiling, so I was just a line cook. And while I was cooking, so one of the cooks was like this, not loud mouth, but he was the guy that liked to talk shit. So the smack talker of the group, whatever. And he said something along the lines of like, um, did we just become best friends? And then I said out loud, do you like guacamole? Should we go do karate in the basement? Which is obviously from Step Brothers. And that's obviously one of the movies that you could be quoting. Old School is another one, a bunch of them. And I think this is more like, I wanna say six years ago to 10 years ago, but this was like, was really major cool. Now there's other restaurants that don't play any games like you know, high t- top star, Michelin star type bullshit, yada, yada, yada. But we're not talking about those because not a lot of people work there. And the ones that do don't listen to this podcast because they're too good for it. And they can go fucking blow me. Um, and if you do and you are a Michelin star d- uh, person, then uh, thank you. Show me how you got it. <laughs> anyway, so I noticed something in the restaurant I'm employed at now. Something that doesn't necessarily make you cool, but it makes or breaks you in the second. So just like the dishwashers are part of the gang, there's another small gang that runs not areas of the restaurant like the dishwashers do, like a zone, but they run the action or the flow of the restaurant, and those people are called the runners. Now, and the runners are the people that take the food from the kitchen and they bring it to the table. So, I think I've mentioned before that we do a lot of covers. So, like, basically, on a on a decent night and a good night, we do like close to a thousand covers. On a busy night, we do twelve toes to thirteen hundred, and on a slower night, is anything below I don't know six. Anything below six hundred is considered like, nah, it's okay. So the runners are responsible for bringing every single guest's plate to them. So that's, think about it, that's the 1300 on a busy day. That's a lot of fucking plates. And these guys are just like the cooks are top notch. Like for the, for the most part, even the new guys, they know what they're doing. They know how to run with hot sizzling plates. They walk with them on their hands, with obviously with, nap, with uh, napkins to cover them from burns. And they know their shit. Now, just like the gang, these guys like to fuck around too. So when they're very busy, when anyone's very busy, there's no time for fucking around. Everyone's, you know, balls to the wall, doing their thing, yada, yada, yada. If anyone can maintain the fucking around attitude while they're busy, kudos to you. But you usually should be doing pretty well because if you're talking shit, you shouldn't be fucking up. So what they do is these guys, they fuck with each other and they fuck with some of the chefs. like, Like simple pranks, like croutons in your back pocket or they put water down your back pocket. So you feel like you pissed your pants, which happened to me today. And I'm still not even sure if it actually was water or if it was just sweat or what. But I swear to God, out of nowhere, my pants just got wet. And then, then I hear the, these guys giggling. So in the expo line, it's like when I, when I deal with the tickets on the expediter, behind me is about two and a half three feet of space between me and the counter. So if anyone needs to walk by, they're going to rub, rub up against me one way or another. right? It's, it's inevitable. And I get that. That's cool. And now sometimes there's a girl, a female server or whatever, that has to walk by. And they have to like, not touch you, but instead of saying behind you, they'll just put their hands on your back just to let them, let you know that they're there not to back up. There's this one girl, um, her name is Vah, and the way she touches my back, and I don't mean this like in any offensive way, I don't know what it is, she's like she's like a magician or like a wizard. Like I've had plenty of people touch my back before. In, in a sexual way, in a non-sexual way, in any kinds of way, boys, girls, whatever, this person I have never felt a touch in my life before, like this. And this is through a chef jacket, through a t-shirt. Whatever she does, and she just gently just puts her hand on my back, and she kind of like smoothly runs her hand across my back. And I'm pretty sure she's got a boyfriend, and she, they're like pretty happy, I and mean, married, so like I don't think there's any sort of sexual attraction there. And if there is, please, God, that would be great, because she's, she's beautiful. She's, hands down gorgeous, you know? But, like, the way she does it, something about her touch, man, like, she's, like, like, if she does have a boyfriend still, then I'm jealous of him because, goddamn, you know? But the thing is, is that a lot of the runners know this, that they know that there's girls that come by and then they'll see it. So then they'll see me expediting, they'll see, like, this person, like, put their hand on my back. My, my face probably changes a little bit, but I don't whip around and say, what the hell is this? I just kind of, like, keep doing my thing. And then right after that, someone else comes up to me and does something similar, but I feel it's a little bit rougher of a hand to touch, and I would look around and it's fucking blah, blah, blah. It's a food runner. i like, you son of a bitch. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, leave it to me to enjoy the one time it's a guy. Like, fucking. So, like, sexual harassment, although we have to watch lots of videos on it and have to do a lot of, like, like schooling and, and all this, it's complete bullshit. Because I think that, just like anything other, any other guidelines are made for the extremes. So, like, if, if I was to file sexual harassment suits, and I, believe me, I could file them, they would probably be like two or three a day where i would say i got offended i didn't like this i don't because i'm not a little bitch, you know and i'm obviously not really offended that much and if i was offended what i'm going to do is instead of filing a sexual harassment report i would just harass the person that harassed me harder you know so like after i think they finally tried to include me in these prank games by pouring water down my back uh, or down my back pocket and i said yo what the fuck? you know who did this and they're all (laughs) giggling somebody knows something So I said, listen, whoever did it, you guys are fucking with the wrong dude. There's a reason I haven't played these games since I started working here. Just don't, don't, don't don't do this. Because the way, like, whatever, let let me give you an example. Whoever put water down my back pocket, I don't know who it was. But I know how to battle water. You fight water with fire. What do you do? It's all right, it's easy. You go go to the grocery store. And I get myself a $1.25 bottle of isopropyl uh, alcohol, which is rubbing alcohol. And what I do is I pour said alcohol into the back pocket of said person. A little bit, not too much, and then I light it on fire with the blowtorch. Oh yeah, you think I'm fucking joking? Try me. What happens? Well, alcohol burns rather quickly, you see, and once it absorbs into clothes, it evaporates even faster than that. So it won't necessarily give the person not even a first degree burn, but it'll definitely send the message of don't fuck with me anymore across. So me explaining that to them, I think, did the trick because my pants stayed dry for the remainder of the evening. So... Well, food runners, the only reason that they're very good is that they hold each other accountable. So if one guy's slacking, the other guys will start, like, nipping at him, almost like hyenas that are, like, you know, weeding off the thin of the herd, thinning out the herd, but weeding off the, the weak ones. And they'll get upset. The one that's on his phone is slacking off will get upset. He'll get mad, blah, 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 blah. It is what it is, bitch. Like, do your job or get the fuck out. And I love that about them because that's, that's a way for them to hold each other accountable that I don't have to. Because as their manager, I'm responsible for all of this. So these guys kind of run the flow, and if you piss them off, you're fucked because they're in charge of everything. Everything, everything that you're doing as the expediter to get the, the tickets out, everything that the grill, the grill, the boilers are doing to get the food up, they're in control of. They could fuck it up by switching tickets, lose tickets, forget an entree, and run, run the entire table and leave one entree on the thing, even though they're the ones that are standing there examining the ticket for like 30 minutes, making sure that all the truffle sides are on the side, and all the fucking T's are crossed, and the I's are dotted, and then they forget one entree, you motherfuckers. And then, obviously, they take the ticket with them, so I don't know where the hell it's going, because I'm dealing with 100 tables at a time, and then I have a person come up to me, Chef, where is this going? And right there, you have about a four to five second chance to really, really make yourself look like a douchebag or a hero. If you could somehow remember or pinpoint exactly where that thing is going, which is difficult, but possible, I admit, if you could do that, hey, where is this going? That's a test from a runner. The runner already knows where it's going. In fact, he saw his half of his team run out with the table before, so all he has to do is probably follow them. And I'm in the kitchen like an idiot, screaming hands. So if he walks in and says, where, and I say, I'm not sure, but follow them, he'll say, okay, no problem. Or he wouldn't even have to do that. He'll just be like, I know where this is going. But why would I do that as a food runner? That would just make my job and his job as the expediter easy. No, 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 I'm going to come in and say, where is it going? What table? And then when I tell him what table it's going to, he's going to ask me for the ticket. You know, knowing full well that the ticket's not nowhere near me and then when I say I don't have the ticket he's going to throw his hands up in the air and we'll say well I can't do my job if you can't do yours at which point I, I give him a little nod I say okay the, the runners with the, from the other table come back take the food out and then I look at the runner for like a good two, two or three seconds and I hold, hold the stare with him and I make him understand with that one stare that you motherfucker you knew and you're doing this shit on purpose you're fucked you know they know exactly what it is. They take sometimes, I've seen, I haven't seen them ever steal a ticket off of the expo line, but I know for a fact it's happened. On purpose? Probably not. I don't think they would purposely try to sabotage you unless they really, really didn't like you for some reason. But for the most part, they're, they really hold the keys. They really do. And without them, it's a shit show because servers don't run their own food. And if they had to, it would be an even bigger shit show. And since the corporate has been there, they told the servers not to be in the kitchen to run their own food. And only leave it to the runners. But then if we have three runners on a fucking 600-cover night, I don't exactly expect how that food is going to come out miraculously or what. So that five seconds between, if you know where that table's going or don't, it makes you a hero. So for example, if the runner comes in and says, where's that going? And I say, table 280, position 8, everything else is out, go. The food runner will not ask me for the ticket. If I say, um, table 280, he's going to ask me for the ticket. So it's like, you have to be, confident you have to be certain but you also have to be right because if you're not right you're going to hear it because if the god forbid the runner has to come back with the food that you sent him out to the wrong table ooh, that guy's going to hate you for the rest of the night then you probably will lose a ticket or two then obviously the broilers but the broilers i i I, for my opinion i think they have enough on their plate to not have to deal with tickets like once they once they fire a ticket they put the table out that's it do they know the information of the table they put out? Of course. Do they have other tickets to be concentrating on? Yes, of course. So it's not their fucking responsibility. It really isn't. And I remember one of the guys saying, dude, you have one job. All you have to do is tickets. And I was like, yeah, but, and I, I'm about to re- re- rebuttal, like give him a rebuttal. Like, yeah, but look, look how many tickets there are. But you know what? I didn't say anything because he's absolutely right. I do have one job. And if I forget the table number that just went out with the food runners, then it's on me. I should have remembered it. Because if that, if I hold myself accountable in that sense, next time I do remember it, they're fucked. Because I want to be like, bitch, this is where it's going. You ask me again, I'm gonna stab you in the face with a soldering iron. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, so that's. Just wanted to give you a little quick toots about the the food runners and what they do. So you definitely have them in your good graces, and um, definitely don't cut anyone if you're not the closer, because that we have a, we have a, a person that's. Somewhat notorious for it. Well, not anymore, because we shut we shut that shit down quick. It's a person about to leave. So let's say they're the, they're the mid shift, and the mid shift gets out around anywhere around from eight to let's say from anywhere from seven to nine. I would say the mid shift leaves. If there's more than one mid, then they, they, they duke it out amongst themselves. So, but the mid shift person likes to cut people because they're worried about labor, and I understand that full well. But if you're not fucking closing, it's not your shift to cut. Or if, for instance, if you're not working the next day, it's not your responsibility to cut, even if you did write the schedule. It doesn't matter. I'm not saying that this person did or whatever. So this particular person would like to say, you're cut, you're cut, you're cut, and then I'm gonna go home. So the person leaves, three line cooks leave, and now the per- people that are left there, if there's another pop coming, which is, could be at any point in time, are fucked. Where the fuck is so, so and so and so? Oh, so and so cut them. Yeah, but they're gone already. What the fuck are you talking about? So don't do that. If people ask you to leave early and you're not the closer, you go up and you tell the closer, that this person wants to leave early and you tell the person not to leave at all until you tell the closer. Because the closer gets to determine who leaves and who doesn't. Because it's not your fucking shift. If there is a high labor percentage, you could say to corporate, not that you should, but you could say to corporate, like, hey, it wasn't really up to me because I wasn't the closer. I don't want to dick him over. That's not gonna get to that point ever, but just, just so you know. All right, what else was I gonna say? Um, there was one other thing. I forgot, man. Bladrian said something to me today again. I don't remember what it was, but it was something... It was one of his, like, one-liners. that like out of nowhere. It was fucking beautiful. I love that dude. And then, um... Mr. Evergreen. Mr. Evergreen has almost uh, turned a new leaf with me anyway. I don't know about anyone else. But with me, like, so... Evergreen's always got this like back and forth banter like it's kind of like it's kind of busting chops but not you know like in a good way in a friendly way but the way he delivers his chop busting is very very serious and very stern to the point that I didn't know that he was busting chops at all I just thought that this kid was a straight-up bully like just fucking but then you know we had a small conversation and he told me about why he does what he does and I understood it and now I get it so since then his ball chop his ball busting with me has gotten worse which is great. I love it now. It's great because what I do is I tell him that, you know, I love him. <laughs> and he's like, shut up. He's like, I'll, I'll, fucking, I'll fucking run you over in the street when I see you with a car. And I was like, I love you. I'm gonna, I will get up and then I will hug you. What kind of car do you have? He's like, look out for a Honda. And I was like, Chuck Norris couldn't kill me in a Honda, you know. <laughs> so it's shit like that. And to tell you the truth, I was watching a sexual harassment video because we have to. And it actually named a situation similar to that. But obviously I would have to be offended, which I'm not. I don't give a fuck but the thing is is that in the restaurant industry like the way they watch these videos these watch these videos and this is sexual harassment and that sexual harassment it's such it's such a loaded bullshit i mean it's such a crock of shit if somebody wants to complain they should complain if they can't complain to the manager then they complain to hr but like guys ladies and gentlemen i understand that if you are being offended you should say something. But I think the first person that you should say that to is the person that's offending you. Because 99.9% of the time, when they're saying something offensive, they don't believe they're being offensive. They're not saying, I'm gonna say some offensive sexual harassment shit to this person and I hope they know it. They don't do that. They just say something that they feel and then they just think that it's okay. If it's not, you should tell them, hey, this is not okay. And then God forbid it ever persists, that's when you can fucking ring all the bells. Give me a break. So um so the dishwashers I think they listen to the podcast so somehow one of them I think caught wind of it because ever since I put that um uh episode up about them being in a gang now every time one of them walks by me any one of them they give me like a nudge with their shoulder they almost like like they shove me not hard doesn't disrupt my thing but they shove me a little bit and i was like what the fuck what is why why are all of you bumping into me and then i was like you guys are like gang <gasps> they listen to the podcast <laughs> I don't know, between all of them, I don't know if they could all understand my talking because I, talk, I speak very fast. And they, they do speak English, but it's their second language, so it's not like very strong. But at the end of the day, the where I work right now, I don't really see a single person that's like malicious, that really, really does shit to to like, to, to fuck you over. Even the one guy that's, uh, oh, uh, Goliath Cast, even though he's fucking negative as shit, and he talks so much shit when he's not busy, and when he is busy, he doesn't have spinach, and he's, yeah, now nah, you're gonna have to wait for spinach. I'm like, that's what you get for talking shit. And the whole line was like, yeah, like, it's true. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know? But even him, even him, when uh, there's, a, there's a certain dish where I have to put like lobster bisque or lobster sauce on top of potatoes. And then the lobster meat makes it lobster chateau potatoes. So whenever that happens, the, the broiler gives me the potatoes. He says, soup. I put soup on it and I give it to the sides guy. Every single time that I've ever put a potato down with the bisque on it, Goliath Cassius said the words, thank you. And it's not, it's not very his personality to do that, because he comes off as like a person that would never do that, but he does it every time. So it's just like, people are true to their, to their own core of how they are and, and w- w- what they do. But you just have to get used to it, because I remember the first time I walked into this restaurant, I was delivering something like lettuce or some bullshit that they needed from the other place, which is like down the block. And I remember coming in, and at this time, now, now it's not the case anymore, but it used to be handwritten tickets which is old school, like every server would hand write all their tickets and hand it to the broilers and the broilers, but there was so much yelling and so much screaming going on because all the communications between fish and apps and sides and broilers, it was, it was crazy. And it was just basically, you just came in and it literally did sound like a pirate ship. Like I always compare it to a pirate ship, but this is why. This, this one instance is why, because I just remember like everyone's fucking screaming and she's shouting and holy shit. So I remember one of my first shifts there I was the cutter, which is the guy that that gives meat out to the broilers. And again, like there was all this shouting, and I didn't know really what was. So the chef stops me, and he goes, listen to me. I know you're trying to figure it all out, but every single shout means something. You have to figure out what it means. Once you realize what it means, everything will make sense to you. And another manager, Miami, actually called it the cadence of the kitchen. Fucking guy. But it's true. So everyone's shouting, everyone's screaming, but everything has a meaning. So for instance, what do I mean? It's organized chaos. So if you go into Grand Central Station, right right around, like let's say, 9.45 a.m., if you look at the Grand Concourse of the Grand Central Station, it's going to look like a mob scene. There's going to be people running back and forth, up and down, going crazy. Crazy. They're all running around. It looks like nothing is in order. Everything is chaotic. But if you think about it for a second, you'll understand that every single one of those people has a specific destination that they need to get to quickly or maybe some not that quickly but regardless they're all going somewhere so it's organized in that sense but it looks like chaotic. that's exactly what it's like in the restaurant kitchen everything looks like everyone's yelling nobody knows what they're doing but if you know what you're doing you look at the kitchen you'll understand that the stuff's going where it's supposed to people after working there for a while if you have any kind of head on your shoulders do realize this and they do get better and then they actually start helping um, today, for instance, I had to tell a kid to put a hat on. Okay, am like, hey, where's your hat? The kid says, I lost it in a fight. I got into a fight and I lost my hat. So my first question was like, did you win? You lost the hat, but did you win the fight? And he goes, yeah. I was like, cool. I didn't care. That's, that was it. That was the only question I had for him. Did you win the fight? You know what I mean? He's like, yeah. Like, oh, cool. Should have gotten your hat back then, huh? Hey. Nah, just kidding. So I gave him a new hat. Fuck it. Why not? I want to make, I want to make, since I have this machine now, I could make whatever I want, like in terms of like decals and vinyls and shit. I'm going to make hats for people that lost their hats, shirts for people that don't have a shirt, you know, I was going to say like, I'm a douche, please tell me I'm a douche, something like that. But yeah, that's what I wanted to say, I wanted to point on the dishwashers, and I wanted to say a little bit of coolness to everyone, uh, what else did I get covered? Evergreen I covered, Mr. Uh, Mr. John Lennon. Mr. John Lennon man he's becoming one of my favorite people in the kitchen like all ever ever. Like he's great man. He's this big giant bear looking dude, you know. He's a m- monster. He's like look at like a linebacker. Like if I was playing football, I would want him to block for me 100% hands down. And he's 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 very soft spoken, but then when he needs to open his mouth and say like, you know, scream, it's it's whoa, you know, it's nice. And he's very very like I said, I believe that he was raised with a lot of etiquette, but he was also a rebel. So like he, you know what I mean? like when you need to he's, his elbows are off the table but when no one's looking he's eating like a like i do <laughs> like an animal but his subtle there's these subtle things in the cadence of this kitchen there's these subtle like things that you drop that if you paid attention to because once you know like the cadence of the kitchen like i said you'll be able to appreciate it more and you'll be able to see, listen to more things so for example all the cooks have different names for each other but they they change on a daily basis and if you hear them and you'll understand why they're calling them th- this, you would laugh your ass off. So I'm just standing online line laughing my, ass, laughing my ass off. And asked me, somebody asked me what? And I was like, nah, nothing. You can't. I'm not going to start explaining it to you right now because it's not going to work. You know? And uh, so shit like that. It was pretty funny. And then last but not least, I have to say one thing. We have this one person that is a completely, completely ridiculous, ridiculously hard worker. Like she crushes shit. She's awesome but sometimes she like overdoes it, so to speak. So there was these to-go, bag, to-go bags that were like next to the to-go station. And for whatever reason, actually I know the reason, but even that didn't make sense to me too much. Whatever reason this person decides to high, um, hang these to-go bags on the other side of the kitchen completely. Like, like, like as far as you could possibly get from the, the bags, from the to-go station, are with the bags. And I remember asking them, I was like, who did that? And they're like, who do you think? And I was like, okay. So I came up to her, to her and I was like, hey, listen, what's with the tequila bags being over there? She's like, well, they always keep falling. And I was like, yeah, but did you need to put them in fucking in Timbuktu? And she's like, she got like a little bit offended, I guess upset that I said that. And I don't know why, because I wasn't saying, I mean, I guess it kind of sounded dickish, but like really, seriously, really seriously like what the fuck are you thinking? You know? And she was like, just give it a week. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a week. So today, our ventilation's broke, ventilator system. For like ten minutes. And I guess she got word of it because one of the, somebody texted her. So she attacks us. Are you guys alright? I heard the ventilation system broke. And I was like, Yeah, we need to go bags. <laughs>